Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode, a special episode of the Kings of the South podcast and NFC South podcast. I am Corey. That is TJ. We are home. Your home of the bum-ass Panthers, the bum-ass Falcons. Bum-ass Falcons. Yeah. The bum-ass Saints. Bum-ass Saints. And your three-time defending, reigning, undisputed Kings of the South, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How about that? Yeah, with Baker freaking Mayfield. I told you. I told you. Yeah. Told you. Yeah. He yeah. did. He did. <laughs> hey, Joe Flacco giving him a run for his money, though. Hey, hey that's <laughs> Comeback Flacco. player of the year. <laughs> that's Flacco, man. That's Flacco. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. You know, I'm glad the season's over, so I ain't got to deal with this crap anymore. <laughs> I can focus on the big stuff, the big deal. Who are we gonna hire as GM mm-hmm. and and head coach? So and who we who we sign in free agency? So you know, you big know. picture, he, he, big picture, the big long picture term. Guy, you know, he's a big picture guy. Yeah, you know? yeah. long uh, term. Yeah, you know who who is no longer a big picture guy who no longer has to worry about things long term. Yeah, I call Arthur it Smith. Um. <laughs> For those who are maybe living under a rock, maybe, maybe, you know what? Maybe you don't even worry about the pathetic NFC South. You're not, you're not, you know, you don't care. You don't have to watch it. You're not worried about it. I envy you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, for those who do, Arthur Smith, Atlanta Falcons head coach, was fired. Um, two minutes into Black Friday, <laughs> Black Monday. <laughs> Black Monday. Two, two minutes. Two minutes, my man. <laughs> Two minutes. Uh, to say this is not a shock is an understatement. Um, as a Falcons fan, the writing was on the wall. Um, the moment we lost to uh, the Cardinals, that's yeah. when everything fell apart. Um, you couple that with the embarrassing loss we had to uh Minnesota where Josh Dobbs didn't even know his teammate's name. Yeah. He didn't know his teammate's name and he, you know, just got off the bench as a third string quarterback and diced us up. Yeah. And uh not to mention, you know, losing to the uh beforehand uh one in what 13, one in 13, one in 14 Panthers at yeah. the time. Yeah. You also lost the Chicago Bears, which apparently every team that's lost the Chicago Bears this year that's has also lost their coach. Not not every team, but you know, like the list of teams that have lost coaches this uh, season have already um they did lose to the, the Bears, so mm-hmm. Falcons, Panthers, mm-hmm. um Raiders. And you know, you know, it's not even the, the fact that we lost to the the Bears or we lost to the Vikings, or we lost to the Cardinals, or we lost to uh, hell. The list goes on and on. The Panthers. It's the way that we lost. Yeah, and that is why Arthur Smith had to go. Uh, mm-hmm. You can say, "Oh, he didn't have the quarterback play." Yeah, you're right. He did not, but he chose his quarterbacks. He chose them. Yeah. You can't tell somebody like, "Hey, I can make a great meal if you give me these ingredients, and you get all the ingredients you need to make that meal." And you say, well, I know the meal's nasty, but 
you know, I didn't have the right ingredients. You chose the ingredients, man. You mm -hmm. chose them. Uh, yep. Indulge me for a moment. Uh, I just want to run down uh, the list of reasons why Arthur Smith got fired. <laughs> offensive head coach, offensive minded coach after two years, very two very successful years in Tennessee as their offensive coordinator. He comes mm -hmm. to Atlanta. Uh, the cupboard was bare. I, I will concede to that. And we went seven to ten, which you know it is what it is. Seven to ten. Uh, the following year. I got a little bit better, got did better drafting. Yeah. Seven and ten. After wasting uh well not wasting, after uh picking a tight end at four. Uh they follow that up with uh wide receiver at eight. And uh then you know, he doubled down. <laughs> he got B. John Robinson at eight. Uh after another seven and ten year. Um yeah. Arthur Smith made history as the first coach to go seven and ten in three straight years. Um, I sent you, I sent you that stat last night yeah. or this morning, and I was laughing so hard when I sent yeah. it to you because I knew you were going to be like, "Oh my god, this yeah. just puts into a nutshell." Oh, I knew what this guy was about. I knew, I knew. Um, Arthur Smith was let go not because of oh. You know, Desmond Ritter did him in. He certainly didn't help him. Mm -hmm. but, uh, <laughs> it was a it was a, a combination of things, the totality of circumstances. This is the office of mighty head coach. Uh, throughout his three year tenure in Atlanta, we scored only we scored 30 points in a game only four times in three years. Uh we've only had one thousand yard receiver in three years. That is Kyle Pitts, his rookie year. Um, that's so long ago <laughs> yeah uh, yeah who you telling um <laughs> and arthur smith for whatever reason just you know i think he frequently outsmarted himself instead of you know saying hey i drafted this guy eight overall hey i drafted this guy four overall i don't care i'm getting him the ball in the red zone he goes nah let me dial up this screen pass to keith smith That'll get it. You got to give you guys <laughs> the ball. And he just was yeah. showed the propensities just to not do it. And more power to him. That's the way you want to coach your team. Fine. But here in Atlanta, if you're going to have three straight top 10 picks, you damn sure better use them. And if mm -hmm. you don't, you don't get showed the door. Um, also, we got to talk about the staff he put together. Outside of Ryan Nielsen, who's been, been a godsend, he got yeah. us over 40 sacks for the first time in I don't know how long. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about <clears throat> this offensive staff he put together. Dave Ragone as the offensive coordinator. Yeah. And offensive coordinator, right? Because he everyone knows he's not calling plays. <laughs> um, someone who has never called plays before. Um Someone who was a previous running back coach in Chicago slash quarterback coach. Uh, we bring him here. We make him offensive coordinator. Why? I don't yeah. know. Uh, TJ Yates, who I know what you're thinking. You guys are like, oh, I remember that name going way back when. Wasn't he the quarterback for UNC? You'll be right. 
<laughs> yeah, I know what you're thinking. You're like, oh, well, he, certainly he's like a passing game coordinator, or he's uh, I don't know, like a like a quarterback coach or something. He's working, you know, side by side with Desmond Ritter with his development. You'd be wrong. <laughs> DJ Yates was our wide receivers coach. And if you watch anything about our wide receivers, you know that when we ran our passing offense, our receivers ended up in the same part of the field together. They run into each other on multiple occasions. Uh, there's no absolutely no spacing in our offense. And that is partly, not partly, mostly due to coaching. Um, you cannot have that. You cannot have that. Um, now that the book is closed on Arthur Smith, it's just everything, everything you could, that could possibly have went wrong for him. It went wrong. Uh, he made a bet. He made he made a gamble to go with Desmond Ritter, and he crapped out. And uh, it's unfortunate that you know I don't know why uh, that just shows the belief that he has in his players, and I commend him for that. Because if my back was against the wall, I'm not depending on Desmond Ritter to do anything football related. Mm-mm. But he had, convic- <laughs> he had conviction, and that's all a man can. Have. That's that's all you can want for your coach. You want your as as a player, you want a coach that go to bat for you. And he went to bat for his players several times, and I respect him for that. I respect him for the accountability and the culture that he left here in Atlanta. But with that being said, you weren't winning, bruh. You won't win in nothing. <laughs> you won't win in nothing, bro. <laughs> we can't do it. The red zone offense terrible. A passing game is if I see another damn two-man concept in the passing game, just two players going out and running to the it, it, they were running two-man concept where uh, they'll run across the middle of the field and do a dig like they they would do a hitch. <laughs> so one player will be on right here, like lined up on this side, dig uh hitch here, and then another will come behind them, hitch here, the same area of the field. <laughs> football by Arthur Smith did not work in Atlanta and we thank him for all his contributions and we wish him the best in his future endeavors. Yeah. But uh good fucking rhythms. <laughs> uh, he'll he'll get a uh OC job or a, a a coaching job somewhere else. Not a head coach for sure, but hit me out. He could go back to Tennessee. No, hit me out. OC Philly. He likes to run the ball. They got players. They got a quarterback. May not be as good as people think he is, but he's a quarterback. He's better than most. But uh, I mean, what does it say about him as the OC in Tennessee when coaching Ryan Tannehill? Under Arthur Smith, Ryan Tannehill had some of his best seasons. Um, and then you go to Atlanta. And it's not the same. And I mean, let's be honest, Brian Tannehill is not that great of a talent. I disagree. He's better than the- <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's better than Desmond Ritter and, <laughs> and, and Taylor Heineke, but he's not he's not a franchise quarterback at this stage in his career 
nor when Arthur Smith was there in Tennessee, was he a franchise quarterback? He was a good bridge quarterback who, who won them some division titles. And yeah, it just makes you wonder like what went wrong? What, what Arthur Smith could have done better. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, he's very stubborn. He is. He will not uh, see the error of his ways until it's too late. Till you know, we're out of the the division race, or we're out of uh, you know, uh, or he his job is on the line, or he's on a hot seat. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like I said, wishing the best. I hope he bounced back on his feet, but I mean, he's also the son of a billionaire, so. I'm not crying tears. No, no, uh, it'll be all right. Yeah, he'll uh, land on his feet somewhere, or not, because he's rich, so he don't have to land on his feet. He can, you know, get carried around. Like I said, son of a billionaire. So, um, enough of him. Um, other news in the NFC South. <laughs> Can't lie, the Panthers. Part of yeah. GM Scott Fitterer, TJ. The floor is yours, buddy. I am so happy. <laughs> I have been saying for months now that Scott Fitter has to go. And, you know, it was always funny listening to these other podcasts and some of these guys and these other networks and they're talking and they're like, oh, well, he hasn't been fired yet. But, you know, the Raiders fired their GM and their head coach at the same time. Why didn't the Panthers do that? Hey, man, I'd ask the same question, you know, why not? <laughs> But hey, I'm not David Tepper. You know, I, some someone said on a podcast today, they said, you know, maybe David Tepper just wanted him to suffer and see his ways, see his error of his ways. Because I've been on record of saying that, yes, Matt Rule had some, he had, he had full roster control, but, but Scott Fitterer is the one who put all the trades together, all the, all the, the packages and, and compensation, right? So, you know, I've, I've been on record of saying that Scott is not exempt from his firing. It is deserved. Um, he also played a huge part in the draft process that nobody wants to talk about. Um, a lot of these players that we drafted over the last three years under him, um, he scouted them. He had a hand in the guys that we drafted just as much as he did with the trade and, and drafting of, of Bryce Young. And, uh, you know, for any fans or non-fans out there of the Panthers who want to argue the opposite, you're wrong. I mean, you read all the reports everywhere and they're all coming out as of today because he got fired. But everybody was saying that he had a huge part in scouting and the scouting department and in the draft process, uh, making draft day trades and, and what the compensation was to trade up to number one and uh, the, the trade that we did three years ago to get Sam Darnold, uh, Christian McCaffrey, trading him away to San Francisco. I mean, the list goes on. All the trades we've done over the three years he's been here. So I am relieved. I am excited because now we have a clean slate, right? Mm -hmm. And he actually has a, a hiring firm that is helping him look for the next GM and head coach for the Carolina Panthers. Something he's never done as the owner. I'm talking about David Tepper. Mm -hmm. David Tepper has never had a firm who their job is to come in for an organization and help you go through the process of hiring people. They help do interviews. They help orchestrate everything. It's a smoother process. 
it's way less clunky than an owner being in charge of everything. Um, like a blank baby. <laughs> so this the hiring firm, and and you hear it across the league because um, the commanders are actually doing it as well. Uh, the commanders brought in a hiring firm, a guy who was in the NBA with the Warriors. My mind. Yeah, he was a part of their hiring process and and all that. He did scouting for them. Oh or no, something. he was their GM. Okay, yeah, sorry, GM. Yeah. I don't know much about him, but I just know he's <laughs> he's coming in as part of the hiring firm for uh, the Commanders. All you need to know um, about Bob Myers is he drafted both Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, not and bad. KDM. So yeah, he's, yeah, he's, not bad. Goaded. Him and uh, Harris, the owner, uh, have a tight relationship because they both were in the NBA mm. for different reasons. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, the hiring firm I think is a great idea, and I think you're starting to see slowly but surely. I think, and and Tepper said it a few months ago when he fired Reich. He hinted to fans and to journalists that he has to self-assess and look himself in the mirror because he made a lot of mistakes and one of which was hiring Frank Reich. Um, you know, Matt rule, obviously another one, Scott Fitterer, another one. Um, letting Steve Wilkes walk, letting Steve Wilkes walk. He slowly, but surely I think he's realizing his mistakes and you can see that he is trying to do this different this time. Having the hiring firm there, a search firm that's going to help you go through the hiring process of your coach and GM, I think is going to be a bigger deal than people realize. Um, from every um, journalist I've heard from, you know, these reporters are saying that this is the new way of of really trying to orchestrate a, a, a solid hiring process in your organization. Um, and not just going at the big names that, you know, people tell you to go after or what you see on ESPN as a owner of a team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very excited. There's a lot of great candidates already being requested for interviews by the team, uh, both for GM and for head coach. Um, so I'm very excited and I have something to look forward to. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, just, you know, if you're a Panthers fan and you're not excited right now, you deserve a drink thrown on you by David Tepper. Yes. (laughs) Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, I'll I'll drink to that. (laughs) Um, You, I don't know if you remember, but early, before the season started, we gave our keys to uh, success, what both teams need to do in order to, to win the division and all that. Um, we said yeah. quarterback play was going to be pivotal pivotal for the division. And, uh, yeah, turns turned out, out to be true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on the year, uh, Desmond, one Desmond Ritter uh, completed 64% of his passes with 2,800 yards. Uh, 12 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, eight, fu- uh, no, six fumbles. Uh, that's not good. Uh, Bryce Young, uh, QBR 33, uh, 2,800 yards, 11 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. 
Uh, I don't want to go in the fumbles. I don't know if he had any. Um, he did. He yeah, had a couple. Two fumbles. Two fumbles. Uh, and he got sacked 62 times. <laughs> Holy shit. Which ties, which ties a franchise record. Um, yeah. Uh, Awful. Awful. Uh, Derek Carr. 68% uh, pass completion, uh, completion rate. 3,800 yards. Shocking, shocking. 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Really good. These are year, right? I, I didn't Yeah. Mean. Solid year for yeah. a guy who I feel is kind of overpaid. Yeah. But they can only be one. King of the South. He's about to get paid. He was eyes in Tampa Bay, Florida, to be exact. One Baker Mayfield. 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, led his team to a division title. Let's talk about the impact that Baker Mayfield. Also, Dave Canales, uh, Dave Canales, I'm sorry, I'm tripping. (laughs) Dave Canales has had on uh, Tampa Bay. Um, People were saying that Baker was a bridge quarterback just to get you through the year so you can go ahead and draft Drake May because, you know, they're going to be picking in the top two. We both thought they were going to be picking in the top five. Yeah, at least top ten. At least. But but I don't know if you remember the keys to them having a good season. Uh, You remember we said uh, the defense is going to have to show up. Turns out they did. (laughs) Turns out the the pieces that they drafted – are a lot better and a lot further along than we initially anticipated. I.e. Yaya Diaby with seven and a half sacks on the year. Led the team in sacks. <laughs> now, I will say their secondary was dead last in pass defense, yeah. but they finished top 10 in run defense in the NFL. But they also have uh, all pro. Uh, someone who should be on the ballot for the defensive player of the year, Anton Whitfield Jr., uh, yeah, should be the boy is the, the man. He ain't no boy. The man, the man is balling. Uh, caused another uh touchback on a fumble against Carolina with a DJ Chark, you know, inexplicably diving for the pylon. I, I don't yeah. know why players continue to dive for the pylon. I don't get it. Just just put lower your head and just run straight through. I don't get it, but that's neither yeah. Neither. He did the same thing to Desmond Ritter. That what that game is what got Desmond Ritter benched for Taylor Heineke and uh sealed our fate as uh bottom dwellers in the NFC South. Um the offense looks crisp, it looks concise, it looks like it, they have a plan every time they take the field. Uh and as we talked about before recording, upset alert, Philly. They picked the wrong time to be shitty. <laughs> uh, I did. I think they're going to go into Tampa Bay and get punched in the mouth a little bit because uh, they're terrible against the run. And uh, Tampa Bay likes to run the football. They like to be they like to be balanced. But also, the secondary stink too. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I expect uh, my boy uh, Mike Evans, you know, top 10 receiver in the league still. His whole career, mm-hmm. he's been top 10. Um, I expect them to uh, 
show up and dominate. Yeah. I also think uh, Rashad White is going to have a good game. Um, he'll be he'll be a pivotal part to the game, I'll say. Um, he definitely needs to show up and, and show out for them to have a chance. I mean, because let's not get it twisted. I mean, yes, Philly has injuries, but Philly's still got one of the best offensive lines in football. I mean, you can't scoff at what they have, but they have not played well these last two months. And uh, I'm curious to see what type of Philly team we're going to get on Monday Night Football for their uh, road playoff game at Tampa. I think we're going to get more of the same of what we saw. They are who they are. They can't yeah. stop the run. They can't defend the pass. They lost Sidney Brown for the year with an ACL injury. Um, mm-hmm. they, are, they were already paper thin at uh, uh, safety. Um, yeah, got, Blackenship has kind of struggled lately. Yeah, they got the ghost of uh, Shaq Leonard at linebacker. Uh, Such an overhyped signing. So, <laughs> so overhyped. So <laughs> he should have went to Dallas, but that's yeah. another conversation. Oh, he's playing so bad. Um, yeah, um, I just can't sing enough praises for the job that Todd Bowles has done in the face of adversity. This is supposed to be a year yeah. where they take the majority of their medicine for their cap hits. Uh, they lost some some key players for the year injury and free agency yeah and for the third year in a row they back on top yeah to be- i mean i i thought todd bowles gonna be on the hot seat this year and that is not the case <laughs> no, he is firmly entrenched in uh oh yeah uh, so uh yeah shout out to them shouts out to uh uh jason like um it seems like they got it right this time they they got it right uh, it seems like they got a quarterback that they can build build around. Um, someone who who's going to get paid, but should not command top of the market money, um, yeah. which is a good thing because uh, Baker, you know, for all of his mistakes, he's still a former Heisman winner, a number one overall pick. He can do some things. Yeah, um, he, he's so, a, he's a he's a a good quarterback who can be great at times. Yes. And uh, that's all you need in our division. <laughs> mm-hmm. So shout yeah. out to them. Um, before we get out of here, let's uh, you know, give a give a quick list of uh, head coaching candidates we would both like to see with our respective teams. Of course, uh, well, all of our teams are gonna, you know, yeah, both of our teams are gonna have the same guys at the top of the list. Ben Johnson, his work speaks for itself. You see what yeah. he did with Jared Goff. And the Detroit Lions and turning that yeah. whole offense around to one of the better units in the league. Um top ten. Yeah. Um Bobby Slowick, you see what he's doing with uh, CJ Stroud, you know, someone who probably yeah. should have been in Carolina. Um <laughs> the work he's done there. Uh, yeah. with, uh you know, taking Nico Collins and making helping him realize his full potential. Uh, the work he did with Tank Dell, the work he's doing with John Mechie and Dalton Schultz, and uh, without a consistent run game, and they're in the playoffs. Yeah, um, yeah. First uh, uh, rookie quarterback and rookie coach to win a division title. Mm-hmm. Nothing to sneeze at, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they're going to win uh, against the. Uh, they play uh, Steelers, correct? 
Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, that's a tough one. It's in Cleveland. Or no, it's in Houston. It's in Houston. Yeah, CJ Stroud winning this game against that defense. He is uh, top five going forward. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's in Houston, but still. I mean, that's still nothing to scoff at. I know people can be like, oh, it's Joe Flacco. Dude, have you seen Joe Flacco? He has been balling. Yeah, this is like 2009 (laughs) Flacco. Yes. Uh, Yeah. um, So, yeah. uh, uh, of course, Todd Monken, uh, what he's doing, and uh, Todd Monken from uh, Ravens. Yeah. yeah, um, I have another one. Uh, Carolina actually already requested an interview with him. Uh, Dave Canellis from Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another OC that's uh getting a lot of hype with what he's done with um, not just Baker Mayfield, but did you know that he also revitalized um, where did he come from? Uh, it was Baker and then another quarterback somewhere else. I forget what division it was, but he used to be a quarterback coach somewhere else. I'd have to look it up while you're while you're talking. But mm-hmm. yeah, um Dave Canellis is an under the radar guy. Uh he's 42 years old. He's young. Um Mike McDonald getting mm-hmm. a lot of momentum, Baltimore, DC, and then a guy that I wouldn't mind, but I know we're probably not gonna hire him. Uh, Dan Quinn, who we also requested an interview with from the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, uh, you know, it's a it's a lot of uh, good candidates out there. Um, like all of you, we just hope our teams make the right decision. Um, and even if they don't, we have no choice. We're still gonna watch because we're degenerates like that. And uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we have no choice. Uh, on to uh, another exciting offseason for both our squads, buddy. It was a yeah, I know. I'm very excited. Uh, it was Seattle. He helped with Geno Smith last year. Yeah. So. Geno the goat. Yeah. The goat. Um. Another top ten pick. I feel dirty. I feel dirty. Yeah. Well, at least you have a first round pick. I mean, technically, technically, because of how valuable it is. The 33rd pick is technically a first because it's such a high second round pick. But, but. So it's like you're getting a first, kind of. But. You know, amen. I know, I know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying, to, I'm trying to look at it from a positive it's light here, Corey. Good, okay, yeah. geez. Before we get out of here, I just want to, like, ask you, like, you know, do you... Knowing what you know now, knowing that you guys would have had the number one overall pick, do you do last year's trade if you knew you were going to have no one pick this year? No? Hell no. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect to Bryce Young, but I said <laughs> I said months ago we shouldn't have done it. We should, we should have kept our pick, kept DJ, and just built for the future that way. And, and you plop the quarterback in this year, not last year. We could have had Caleb Williams, man. Yeah. We could have had Drake May. Yeah. Carolina kid. <laughs> Carolina kid. Yeah. At, at worst, or I'm sorry, yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Worst case scenario, we could have had Marvin Harrison Jr. if we already. Yeah. Oh, that's say, the horror. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, say hypothetically, we, we found another quarterback somewhere. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but. 
Yeah, I like Bryce. Don't get me wrong. I got a Bryce Young jersey, but it is frustrating to see what we could have had. It's going to be even more frustrating when you see either Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Jaden Daniels in the Falcons uniform next year. Uh, so, folks, we're going to get up on out of here. Um, continue to like, subscribe, continue to follow us on Twitter or X, whatever they call it these days. Uh, continue to you know tell your friends about us. Keep this thing rolling. Keep us growing, and uh, we appreciate everything y'all do for us. Yeah. Next time, folks. Peace. Peace.